Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Jasna Borza. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Upper Level Together podcast with Charlie's Editions, another second episode of Charlie's Editions where Christina, Amy, and Yasna come together and we talk all the things life and business and we say it as it is. We share our secrets, no fluff, no bull, just real, raw, honest, to God conversation. Am I right or am I right? Oh my God, so right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so again, we're, we're going to invite you um, every month into literally our very private conversations that have changed our lives. And um, we're just going to kick it off by, by doing that, checking in and talking about the things that are not going well and that are going well in our lives. Um, but before we go there and just chat about that, the big topic for today is um, Christina, Christina. topic because it's something we all get asked literally every single darn day. Yeah, absolutely. It's about how to work with your spouse. How is your spouse supporting you? How are you and your spouse handling, you know, whether you're in business together or not in business, if your husband's super busy and if you're struggling, like all of the things that have to do relationships, spouses, husbands, wives, all the things. Okay, so we're going to talk about that because so many people struggle, and I know all three of us have really powerful stories about that. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, do you want to catch us up? What have you been up to? All the things your podcast, Effort, by the way, huge, huge shout out. It's killing it. I am people literally write me, tell me how much they love the podcast. So, you in that, you know, you're just amazing, and you're just so anyway, give us, give us an update. Well, I, you know, I've had a few rough days and it's funny because I've had a couple of people reach out and they're like, you know, you've been a little more quiet. I, I find with myself and, you know, and I knew this would be coming because I'm now aware of it where I can be like a slingshot and be really doing well and feeling super confident. And there is that inner critic that's going to come in. And so this time, luckily I was aware of it. So I intentionally allowed myself to be less um, visible on social media. I just said it, I'm going to be quiet. And it wasn't because I was already there at this, like a low place. I just knew that I needed to do extra anchoring, extra, you know, just reminders because it, it has been such a positive feedback that there's that part of me that, you know, it always comes up is the shame, you know, the unworthiness of like, Amy, so much good is happening. Like, you know, when's it going to fall when you know and this time I just refused to accept that so I've just had a few days of like working through it and still forcing myself with like action like recording more podcasts you know doing things that even when I'm not really feeling like it I've been like I have to and we're in a season right now where um with our other business with LBC uh we've we've hired a one-on-one um coach to help us in a specific area And so since we have him for like 12 weeks, we're going all in on that. And so right now, some other things have to go to maintenance. And that's hard for me to do at times because I want to do all the things. But I realize like the multitasking is never good for me where I need to take some other things and go, this needs to stay here because the systems that we'll put in place for what he's taking us through will help. But I've had some resistance because as you guys know, I've, I've, I've really pivoted into this like other area that I love. I love FSF and I love, you know, the podcast and anything with daily agreements. And so me staying in LBC at times for this kind of stuff at first, I was having the attitude of like, poor me, you know, why do I have to do this? And it reminded me of like, it's the same with like, when you hear people with dieting, when they have that deprivation mindset, it's a choice. I can choose, I can choose to stay there and be like, poor me, or I can be like, all right, Amy. I mean, we have the opportunity to hire a coach. Like we're blessed enough to be able to work with someone, you know? So it's just changing that mindset of like, you know, instead of feeling lack you know, I mean, I'm blessed to, you know, my husband just had a really expensive car mistake that, 
you know, he was kind of upset that he had to pay. And he goes, you know what? I have to flip this and go, I have the money to pay it. Like most people would not. And as much as I hate wasting the money here and it feeling like that, you know, we're blessed to be able to do it. So that's kind of going on with me. I mean, a little bit, I don't want to call it a funk, but definitely know that if I didn't get control of it, I will go into a place of where I retreat. You know, I become the quiet person. I, it's just easier to avoid versus, you know, face it. Question about that, because you're talking about how you knew that it was coming. I have a question because sometimes I feel like when we're on, like, I look at it like almost like a wedding or a baby, or I remember when I got back from Kilimanjaro where I like, we're on such a high for such a long time. And then we have nothing kind of going on and are like, and it drops. So do you actually believe that it's like, like you're worried that the ball is going to drop? Or do you believe that you're just on this high and adrenaline wise, you come back to, to, to normal and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. I can't always operate out of this like high vibe. Everything's going amazing state. You're totally right. That's exactly it. And, and I shouldn't even say I, I, and this is where we're always so great. I love us chatting is I don't need to anticipate that. I mean, cause that's the bad thing too, is don't anticipate it, but two, be okay with it. Like it, you can't have the seasons of constant, like feel like you're at like 100, like just being at that homeostasis place is an okay place to be. And when we're all busy ladies and I do fear sometimes that I thrive on a little bit of that craziness for lack of a better word I had someone call me out on it at once at a mastermind he was like I think you kind of thrive on that and I'm like don't tell me that you know but it, it it is a fine line you know we wear it sometimes as this badge of honor when you know like you going away for a week Yasna and being away like that to me would be even more challenging and probably way more growth Oh girl, well we'll get into that. <laughs> but I think you're I think you're so you're so right. And I think our listeners need to hear that because there is an expectation. And I think it's unsaid and unspoken that we always have to be on. Um, and again, even when people show, watch us, like we do show what we, when I'm not in my best, I'm not gonna show up, right? I'm gonna protect my boundaries, my emotional boundary and do that. But it is impossible to maintain that high always on. And I think that, that we really, we have, I tell everyone when you're going through a launch, um, you know, having a baby, you're doing something grand, the moment that's over, you're, you're going to go into a lull. The lull is the most beautiful place you can be because it's almost like this cradle where you take care of yourself and you reset. It's kind of like going to the gym and going all in. You know this, Amy, the growth, the, these babies grow, not in the gym, but actually when you're sleeping and not working out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I, I mean, both of you just literally nail, I think it's impossible. And then going back to, you know, gratitude, the shifts. I get to do this. I'm grateful that I can do this. And then I think that that's the ship that you can ship that evens it out and just gets it to the, the high, the highest, higher level. All right, Christina, what have you been up to? You've had a hell of a week. Oh, you know, it's just one of these things that like last week, my week was actually relatively slow. I actually moved a client around, you know, I track hours in my business. And last week I probably worked 10 hours less in my business than I did, you know, than I do normally. And last week I moved one client one day. Um, it was a mutual agreement. So I played golf twice last week. My husband and I went on like a, like a little bit of a weekend, like hiking, hanging out thing. And then I knew I was going to be busy this week. Like I kind of anticipate my weeks based upon like what the next week looks like. And I'm not complaining about it at all. I'm not complaining. Like I'm blessed to be busy. I think it was Chris Harder who said that a long time ago, blessed to be busy. And I'm not complaining, but I am a human being and sitting at my computer for nine hours straight, 10 hours straight, talking to clients and helping them work through, you know, what they're going through. And a lot of the things that I do too, you know, I'm not necessarily a business coach per se. Yes, I help a lot of people with business, but I am more of like the mindset, confidence, success, all of those things, which 
you know, a lot of the times it brings in personal type of issues as well. And like just ton of taking on those emotions because I care so much about my clients and I care so much about what I do. And I try to do, I try to give everything, but when you're trying to give everything for three, four days straight for 10 hours a day, sometimes it's just hard. Like I literally sit here in my gym clothes. Cause if I ever have, like I wear the top and I, I literally have a top sitting here to where I like put on my workout top. I put on my like regular top. And sometimes my clients know that they're going to get like a workout top with me. It doesn't matter how I show up, but I just try to make sure I can like walk up and down my stairs while replying or get outside for 20 minutes in between calls. If I have 45 minutes and like eating a shake and like, you know, eating an apple and just like, I don't really take care of myself uh, as best as I can for a few days a week. And it's just, this happens to be one of those weeks where it's only Wednesday morning and I've already had 24 hours of calls in two days. And it's like, it's a lot and I just get tired and I I know that like come Friday at 12 o'clock I'll be off and I'm actually going to Mexico next Friday and I'm taking four days off of my business so I'm just like it's totally fine but I want everyone to know that like I'm allowed to be tired <laughs> yeah it's so good for us to talk about this stuff like yeah. really because it's it's like all the things and it's all the real real things um, I have a week like that, right? This week, this like, because I took the week off and it's just so heavy and intense. I don't like to have meetings Monday to Thursday period. And I'm like every day, yesterday was full. And then th then today, and then I'm buying a company. So now I'm meeting with the lawyers and the accountants and it's I'm weighing over my head because I don't understand this process, the legal, and it, it literally, it's like Chinese to me. So I'm like trying to understand. So it's just, it's a lot, but then, I mean, what do I have to complain about? I spent a week literally in the wilderness canoeing and camping and doing all the things. I have to say, so literally, it was the first time in 10 years I had zero reception. Wow. That's sad. That's really, I, I'm a little bit sad. But the first day I realized, damn it, the, the uh, episode with Amy was going down. I'm like, I need to share. And I had no reception. So here I am in the woods walking <laughs> around looking for signal like a crazy person. Alders, like, I seriously wish you could see yourself right now. You're like this oh, yeah. frantic woman in nature where everyone is laughing up. And I'm like, screw it. I, can't, I don't have the reception. I'll just go to town. I'll drive 45 minutes. But it was like, there was nothing. And it was something, there was something happened. I mean, I finished the book. In three days, there was human, just this intense book. And I was sitting, I had these moments where in the morning I would wake up before the kids and, you know, light the fire and drink coffee by the, by the water. I was like, oh my God, like there was nothing to check, nothing to do. There was, there was something so amazing about being completely disconnected. Um, so uh, publicly announcing I'm doing it again two more times in August. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm like, if the kids are going to go to school and I'm going to go back to work in September, I might as well, like, I might as well just, you know, when you want to, when you are like having a sugar craving, eat the whole damn cake, just, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> like, do not do that. Do not do that. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I just might as well. So I'm just going to go with such a blessing to disconnect with some of the really brilliant insights came to me that I, that, that always come, you know what I'm talking about? I had the, no reception when I was on Kilimanjaro. So I've recently had that kind of feeling where we were on Kilimanjaro for like 11 or 12 days. And I think I had like reception maybe three times um, through the whole hike. And it was magical. Like the whole entire thing was so awesome because I knew everything was taken care of at home. Like I didn't have to worry about it. And it was so nice to have nothing to check and nothing to do. It was so nice. Like people, I think actually, like I love what I get to do and I want everyone to realize that like, I'm not pissed at all. I'm grateful as fuck to be able to check my Instagram and to have all these people connecting like 60, 70 messages a day. But I'm not gonna pretend that sometimes it's really hard and I don't wanna do it and I'm like tired. Like, I, like, there's a difference. Like, I want people to realize that, like, yes, it's awesome, but 
I'm freaking human. I'm tired. I don't want to reply to every message every single day during all day long. And so I'm pretty good about, you know, like keeping it to like the morning, afternoon and evening and like, oh, like past seven o'clock, like don't even text me because it's not happening. But I, I just want everyone to realize like, it's okay. Like you're human, like have boundaries. Like at the end of the day, like your 70 Instagram messages don't really mean shit. <laughs> Or you're going to get to them. It's not that important. Yeah. It's not that important. I know it's, it, it's a good reminder. And then, and then I have to remind myself of that this week because there's work to be done. I'm constantly catching up. So I have to remind myself like, no, you don't have to be at 9 PM checking there. Like turn it off. It's going to be there tomorrow morning. And it's, a, I think it's a reminder for all of us for yeah. sure. All right. So let's get into the, the drum roll. How did you do <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, so the uh, number one thing that I think we all get asked, and all three of us are married and have been married for a while, I've been married for 14 years. So, um, Amy? Uh, six. Six, and then Christina? Uh, good question. We've been together 17, but married nine. <laughs> there oh. you go. I'll send this to him. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, nine, married nine, been together 17. Okay. So that's three. Yeah. Right. And when we're doing, a, for you know, personal development, running business, doing something on our own, like there's, we, we, I think we grow separately and we can expect our spouse or our partner to support us or our family or, you know, insert whatever, whoever person is there for you that may be blocking you or you may be having issues with it can be a mother it can be you know a, I don't know whoever but I think it's the number one question that we get asked like my 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 spouse my husband my wife is not supportive they don't get it um they're, they're they don't believe in it and all that so I wanted us to basically what we what we're going to do today is um share our own story with that and then give people advice for how we have handled it. Because there's no one way, right? It has to work for, for everyone. So who would like to get us started? Amy? Sure. And I think we all have a like a little bit different mind. You know, we work in the same business. So it's going to be different for everyone. Um, but now even separating, I'll give that example as well. Because now that we are pivoting in different areas, like seeing how the support is different there. So for me, you know, we were, we were together before we got married, but Eric actually helped launch my business. So I lived in the States. He already had an established business. He had a really big wait list and I was getting ready to have Leilani and needed to go online. Like I was, I had a boot camp that I just signed a year lease on and I found that I was pregnant. It was like, what am I going to do now? How am I going to teach boot camps? So he gave me a referral. Like he said, I'll, I'll start you up, but you got to earn this. You know, like you got to show that you can get results and get the retaining. And that year, so he wasn't really involved in my business directly. Like I got to be, you know, my own boss and did all that. He just helped me with a lot of the systems and teaching me. And so distantly, it, it was fine. When we moved, when I moved up here, and, and I say this because I was in an insecure place and I know Eric was too. I mean, we talk a lot about this with our affair and where we were. When you have two insecure people, you compete. You mm -hmm. compete, you have your own issues. And I wanted to be, a, you know, Eric obviously had way more experience in this area. And my insecure self had a hard time with not feeling like I had a big enough voice. And I would unconsciously even try to compete with him when really we were a, a team together, you know, because we merged our companies after we realized that, man, we're, we both have really big, you know, his Facebook page was like 190,000. I had like 50,000 and we were competing for the same exact business. Now combining became a challenge because we were both used to being like, you know, the person that has the thing to say. And so, but it really stemmed from insecurity because I really feel like when you are vibing high and you are in your best place, you don't need the spotlight. 
You don't need the, all the, the accolades. You see it as a team. And, you know, again, I always anchor John Maxwell as one of my best self characters in that way, in that he never takes the glory. He doesn't need the glory. And I've learned to become more of a COO role in our company now. And I'm cool with that, like with LBC, because I've, I've pivoted more and I've been able to really build him up. I feel like when you're building each other up, that helps. Now we're in a much healthier place where, you know, your love, when you love yourself, you know, you are able to um, not care so much about the little things, I think, you know? And so for us, Eric finding his own like completeness within himself, he supports me so much more versus a couple of years ago when you're not feeling secure, you know, he, he was, there's a little bit of one fear of the relationship changing. Cause he's like, man, you know, you go do your own thing. I feel like you're not going to need me and we're not going to have that. And I think it's important to have those real conversations. You know, we call them our seven-year-old self-talks where we talk about the, and we say it in a safe place where it may seem needy normally said, but if you say it in a place where you're not reactive and you're like, let's talk about this. And he'll be like, well, I mean, my, my fear is you're not going to need me anymore. Like you're not, you know, and then I'll say my fears, you know? And so that's really helped us to put it out there so that I really remember, like, I know Eric's love languages. He knows mine and it's important to continue daily to, to work that. I, I consider that a job. I love that job, but like, it's like, what can I do to make him feel really good and secure? I know he needs to get that from himself ultimately, but as spouses, you know, I remind him how great he's doing and, and, you know, finding, I think finding your own thing that you're really good at is important. And now that, you know, he's, he's found something that he, he gets to serve and really get the feedback that it's working has been good. And, and now he's like, now I get why you wanted to pivot. Now I see that because I see your happiness. I see that this is what lights you up. And, you know, if he was in an insecure place, we, you, people can't see past that. I think that's why, like, you know, Christina, you said, I work more on the personal thing. It's all personal. Like mm -hmm. it is all personal because I mean, I would not be where I am if I didn't work on my own stuff first. Eric would not, you know, we would have probably stayed at this same place. Like we had like a warm place financially that no matter how much we went above that, our temperature would come back down. And if we went below it, we'd come back up. But there was always this place. And I was like, I want to shift to the next place, like permanently. And that is not about a new strategy. It is not about a business coach. It is literally about changing yourself. And so for us, it's been the, the biggest blessing is get some freaking therapy. That's what makes your that's what makes your spouse more supportive. <laughs> that's it. Oh, I love it. True. I mean, I, I wrote down like having honest conversations, which surprise, surprise, people do not have. No. Oh, how many girls do you know that like hide everything? I literally have clients that do not know that they've invested in this. And I tell them every single time, I'm like, I do not approve of this. I do not approve of you hiding your coaching. I do not approve of you hiding your shopping. I do not approve of you hiding anything. This is not going to go well. And I just want to put it out there. You can do whatever the hell you want to do, but I don't approve of it. Yes, yeah, so go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I got a tense. And that could be a, a, a past parenting issue or a current, like I tell people, are you telling yourself a story about that? Because let me tell you, recently I was telling myself a story that I was like, well, I've got to get permission to do this. And I'm like, you know what? That has nothing to do with Eric. That's what I watched my parents go through. And that is not fair for me not to have the honest conversation with him and say, because when I told him what I was feeling, he goes, are you freaking kidding me? Just go do it. Like, why would you even think you need to ask me all of this? So you're right. I mean, I've had a couple of clients that have been like behind the scenes paying for stuff. And I'm like, this will never work out. Well, you're not sharing your, cause they're like, well, I don't think my husband really knows how uncomfortable I am in my body. Then have the conversation so that then they see this pain is real. Same with like their dreams of starting a new career. Hey, this really matters to me, you know? Honest conversations, absolutely. How can a person support you if they have absolutely no idea? Yes, yep. no, go ahead. 
No, I mean yoga. That's I mean that's so. I mean you can you can go next, but this because I know you're gonna hit that. You're gonna hit that. <laughs> I am gonna hit that. Well, you know it, our story is just so funny because when we first and I'm very open about it. When we first got into a relationship together, I was a freaking hot mess. Like the fact that Nathan has like literally been with me for this 17 years and he's watched the journey up and down and I'm not going to say he's perfect because god he was far from perfect too but he was much more secure in himself and who he was and all of the things much more than I was absolutely there's no question about it but the more I started to change the more I started to evolve and you know actually he and I've had this conversation lately and there was just so much to it like for me a guy in my opinion like in just the way a man is built, they want to be needed. They want to be needed and they want to be able to take care of you. And the way that I grew up, one of, and Nathan will tell you, he says, one of the biggest characteristics that I fell in love with is the fact that you are so independent and you don't need anything. Yet that is one of our biggest fights, was one of our biggest fights, hands down, no question. He's like, I love it, but I freaking hate it. Because he's like, you constantly made me feel like you didn't need me because I was the way I grew up. My dad told me something when I was really young, my dad and I, I adore my dad. I like think that he's one of the greatest people, but he said something to me when I was younger and it was so flippant, like him and my mom were like in a fight about something. And he said to me, he's like, never be a typical woman. Like, cause he was mad at my mom about something. But I remember that still to this day. And as a child, I viewed, and I had no idea, like I have no idea what he meant by that. Like he was just mad. I have no idea what he means by a typical woman. But my view of when I was a kid was never need, never spend, never have kids, never be dependent on a man, never do all those things. Take care of yourself. Don't be the typical woman. And I think that that definitely, I don't think, I know that that changed a lot of things with me. It was probably one of the reasons why I never wanted to get married. It was probably one of the reasons why I never, well, there's many reasons why I didn't want to have children, but I didn't want to have children. I didn't want to have a ton of girlfriends. I always wanted to take care of myself. And that was one of the stories that I told myself because I didn't want to be a typical woman because I just looked at that as like, oh, that's negative. And that affected me a lot in my life because I've had to change that story. Now I have great girlfriends and I know that being a woman is magical and amazing. But for a long time, my whole thought process was I do not need a man. I'm going to be like very successful by myself and I've got this well Nathan fell in love with that characteristic but he also really hates that characteristic because he wants to be needed and like it doesn't matter what I was doing I was like I can do it I'll do it I don't need you I don't need you and one of the stories that I have known to be true in my life that I have constantly been working on you guys now you know, your audience may or may not know, but like worthiness is like my whole entire premise for everything that I do. Well, my worthiness came from what I did, how I looked, how much money I was making, all of the things. And one of Nathan and I's biggest fights ever, this was probably maybe 10 or 11 years ago. I remember he never, ever one time has validated me on the amount of money I was making. But my dad always was so proud of me every single time I came home from working a babysitting job or the bar or like I was uh, like anything since I was a kid. He's like, so how much money did you make? I was like, oh, $100. And I was just like, he was like, man, that's awesome. Good job. And like the first time I made like $1,000 or $10,000, my dad was just like over the moon. I associated that with love and like him loving me. Nathan literally for the first 10 years we were together had no clue how much money I was making. And I remember I got this huge contract. I probably made like $20,000 in a couple months or whatever it was. It was a big deal to me at the time. And he had no idea. And he literally does not give a shit. And most women would probably look at that and be like, oh, you're so lucky. But for me, I almost remember ripping the steering wheel out of the car. I was so angry and so hurt because that's where I got my worthiness. So I didn't feel that love. And he, I now understand that newsflash, he fucking loves me for me. Holy cow. How lucky am I? But at the time I was like, 
this is the worst thing on the planet. So for me, it was all about healing myself and kind of, that was a kind of a long story, but I just want so many people to realize that like, if you don't heal yourself, it's all about me. Every one of those things was about me. It had nothing to do with our relationship. And last but not least, I just kind of want to say like, I, a lot of my clients say, how do you get your spouse on board? Well, guess what? Nathan, like, he's always going to be like, do whatever you want. Like, I want you to be happy. Like whatever, whatever works for you. But until I really honestly made the switch between golf to coaching, he was always like, yeah, you know, like if that's what you feel like you need to do, go ahead and do it. But a lot of times he needed to be shown like he actually like for him to kind of get on board with everything I was, what I'm doing, he would need to be like, holy shit, you are a different person. Like, what are you doing? Can I actually like, he's now so involved because he's seen the 180 transformation in my life. So you can definitely tell a person what you're going to do, but when you start showing up and actually like, he will tell you, I am 100% a different human being in the last five years. And a lot of that has to do like 80% of it has to do with investing in myself, being around people like you, doing coaching, masterminds, all the things. Like my life is 1000% different because I invested in myself. And now he's doing the exact same thing. Like he is so on board because I am such a changed human being. And the last thing is, is because I said to him, I said like, how do you get on board? And he's like, I'll be honest most spouses who don't agree with it or don't understand it or kind of like you're changing or you're evolving Nathan goes they're probably just pretty lazy because they're not willing to do the work that you're willing to do and he goes honest to God Christina that it's either leave because you're not willing to do the work you can blame the other person but you see the other person changing if you don't want to do the work you either leave or you do the work Oh my God, that's so good. I feel like there's going to be a big theme because, you know, what both of you said is like, show them because when you show them all of a sudden, they're going to see now they're going to see that it works and they'll be like, oh my God, okay. Well, you know, it, you know, whatever that means. So this is, for me, it was, it was really painful. I worked, um, I was the one to tell my husband to quit his job. I'm like, dude, you're miserable. We have the money. Why are you working? And then all of a sudden I saw him, you know, biking in the middle of the day and doing yoga. And I was working literally 10 hour days. And I'm like, what the hell did I just do? I was feeling bitter <laughs> because I gave notice how I gave him permission. And all of a sudden he was doing it. He was like, I'm just going to, you know, he's like, I'm going to become a venture capitalist. That was like 10 years ago. And, and he was going to, going to do all the things and he did. And then I was like, oh my God, I think I want to do this thing too. And I started telling him. And every time I would say, I think I want to, I think I want to quit my job. He said, you'll do it when you're ready. And every time under my time, like, seriously, you'll do it when you're ready. I told you to go do it. Why don't you know? But my husband is not a cheerleader like I am. He's just not. And what was so interesting, I think that for me, I had, I brought that up many times and he said, you'll do it when you're ready. And I was really, I, I, full, full transparency. I was really bitter about that. And I did not bring it up with him. And that was, that was a decade ago. Um, and then, I, and then one morning I woke up at 4am and I, you know, was reading Marion Williamson, Return to Love. And just, it just struck a chord. And I just picked up the phone and called my boss. And she was on a train to DC and I said, I, I, I'm done. And it was like super early in the morning and he came home. So he goes and works out in the morning, he came home around 6 a.m. and said, I quit. And he gave me the biggest hug in the world. And he said, I knew you would when you were ready. I'm so proud of you. And then I pushed him away. No, no, no. I like literally, I was like, oh, that's so great. I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> Why the hell did you not say this a year ago? And he said, if you did it and you were not ready, you would have blamed me for encouraging you. And I think that there's a gift about when we're doing something, it's going back to that insecurity. I wasn't 100% sure. So he was literally feeding off of that. And he's, he, when you're not sure, you're not, he's not going to say yes. When we're tentative about personal development, when we're tentative about business, when we're tentative about a new job or whatever. And I think for me, it was deciding. 
it was deciding that I was going to do it. And then um, after I decided, and this is my husband, he's grown so much in the last 10 years. He said, all right, because I made at that point, like I literally made crap lot ton of money. Like he never, ever had to work ever. And, um, and we, after I, you know, retired that he said, well, you have two years to make this work. <laughs> under my breath I'm like F you do you know what I mean there was this like what do you mean like I know he believes in me like why would you even say that but that was his fear and I think l- later on I realized that that was literally his fear because he was not at a point where he could really do something like that like take his own he's not he, he was never an entrepreneur entrepreneur at the time when I met him we take in the risks and I think he was projecting that onto me and to to today where my husband is literally a huge part of my company the biggest supporter the biggest supporter in my business and in my life the biggest cheerleader he was the one who got me on tv for the first time mm-hmm. behind my back he for three months he lobbied to get me on tv he never told me and then on my birthday he said you have an interview today with, with this. I'm like are you freaking kidding me Right, it's, it was huge. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm hearing you say, or what I'm, what I'm, there's, I think it's the inner belief in self. You need to strengthen that muscle. You need to trust yourself. Second is open conversations. Talk, talk about these things. Like even then, I'm like, I should have told my husband, why do you not believe in me? Because I think it was messing with my head. I was assuming things. He never not believed in me. It's just that he was afraid too. And I think it just. If you if we can just talk about these things, I think it removes the heaviness and the dogma and the the fear. And I think there there is something to be said about like needing to prove it, shove it, say what word you want to use. But Christina was saying was so me. I mean, you guys when I first met you remember how I was so determined and it was like I wanted to do my own thing and you know that never would have been successful because it was coming from a negative place it was like to prove myself when I finally got rid of that you know that that changed for me one other thing I wrote down and this is important because let's say that you don't have a spouse that's on board let's say you're taking the action and what's going to happen if things don't change and you don't get aligned is we have what's called resentment And I used to see resentment differently. Resentment is a form of self-betrayal. It's not about the other person. So every time I've had resentment in my marriage, in my business, in my relationship, it means I'm not holding my boundaries because it is self-betrayal. You only get resentment in a self-betraying place. And so I always turn it back on the person and say, what are you not communicating what are you not saying now? And it might not go anywhere from there, but at least, you know, this is on you either get off the pot, you know, like, I mean, I've had to do that in friendships where I've maybe like, get off the, finish that sentence. <laughs> get, yeah, me. get off the pot. Yeah. Because here's the thing. And it can be friendships, business, whatever, where you feel like you're, you know, maybe bending over too much or not being supported, I have to bring it back to me and go, where am I not being clear on what my boundaries are? Where am I with this client or with this person, my spouse? Where am, why am I feeling so resentful? Because with my cancer journey and at the beginning, Eric not being like there and supportive, I had, it comes back to your own ownership. And this was hard for me because I felt like I was wronged. But you know what? I was not being honest with what I needed. And so instead I sat there in resentment and assumed things when really, I mean, I was like, wow, this is a form of self-betrayal. How am I self-betraying myself? Yeah, because I'm not being true to myself and, 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 and sharing. And so you'll never get better from there. So if you are someone listening that feels like, okay, you're, you've done the action, you're showing it. So it's not even like you're just telling it, you're showing it. Chances are you still have not been very clear on how you feel, what you need. And, and you might come to a place where they can't give you what you need, but at least you've put it out there and at least you've asked for it and said, this is what I need so I don't have any more resentment here. Or maybe you need to change your expectations. 
I think that's so true because Nathan and I have learned over the course of all of these years together and really learning that it's out like our issues 99% of the time, like our communication is night and day better. We grew up in black and white families, oil and water, like how we handled everything. My family was yelling and fighting and then we'd be fine. Nathan's family is like bury it under the like under the ground, never act like you've had a bad day in your whole entire life. Like we are just completely opposite. So we've had to learn how to communicate with one another. And like, I have that strong, like, and most of us, I think the three of us here and probably a lot of people listening, we have that like strong exterior where literally now I have to sometimes tell him like, I am really, 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 really angry and sad right now. And I want to be really mad at you, but uh, probably I just need you to listen and hug me. Like, I just have to literally say those things and as hard as they are to say, and he is exactly the same way. Like, he'll like come and like, I love how I'm like venting about all this stuff, but he'll come home and be like, vent all day, all about all of the crap at work. And he works in a family business, which is another layer of, of hardness. And he comes home and he'll vent about it all. And he goes, that had nothing to do with you. And I'm really sorry I took that out on you. It had everything to do with me and the way that I'm feeling right now. So we have these weird like moments of clarity and conversation, but oh my God, it makes our marriage a million times better. But if you don't have that, if you're a listener right now and you're like, how is that humanly possible? Hi, again, we've been together 17 years. We've done so much self-development. We are constantly a work in progress. We still have fights to this day. It's just the way we work through them is faster and more efficient. You know, there's something to be said that's so on point about modeling. And I think my husband was never into personal development. I'm like, everyone is in, into personal development. They just don't know that they are. Like people scoff about coaches and personal getting better and whatever, right? So I think when I um, when I apologize, and I, my husband has this thing where it's like it's impossible for him to say I'm sorry. Like he needs a day to get mustered. Like it's it's the most interesting thing in the world. Right. It's like it's like he just can't say it. He will do it, but he can't say it. Um, and I start modeling, like even when it was like the stupidest thing, the smallest things like, hey, like, why did you put that? I'm like, I'm so sorry. And I started saying it. And all of a sudden he started saying it. And I started literally what you were saying, like, I'm feeling really, really, really. And I kept doing it. And all of a sudden you, in, a, in a marriage, you know how couples start to whatever, like look like each other. I think that there's something to be like modeling. He was picking up on those things. And even with personal development books, he was never into it. He's like, give me an ESPN and I'm good. And I'm, and so what I started doing when I was around the house, painting, doing whatever, you know, uh, the dishes, I would not put the headphones in and I would listen to my personal development, like, you know, Napoleon Hill on a speaker. And I knew he was listening. So I think it's like you have to invite them into that conversation. And we were driving up, you know, to Boundary Waters and the kids were sleeping and were listening to the the secrets of the millionaire millionaire mind. Mm. And here was my husband tapping his head and saying, I have a millionaire mind. And I literally like looked this out and I was like, I wanted to cry and scream at the same time because I can't believe this is the man. So I think all of those things where he wasn't supporting me on my journey is that we normally marry the opposites. People are, we can't expect them to be on our own level. And people are very afraid about losing us when we change. I think we also have to talk about the personal insecurities. My husband was like, you're taking off and you're just everywhere. And I just feel, am I enough? Am I going to be enough? And that's a real fear. And I think assuaging those fears and saying, you're, I love you and we're in this together. And then modeling and by basically demonstrating how you do it for yourself, I think for me has been really, has had a great impact on me and my husband, if that makes sense. I agree with that because I have had so many clients, specifically one last year, who her husband was like, you know, there's a fool born every day. I can't believe you pay this person on online money, blah, 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 blah. But when she actually talked about it with her, her spouse, it's like, 
you're growing, you're evolving. Are you going to outgrow me? And that is such a fear that one of my clients have right now, girl in my mastermind has right now. Um, and here's the thing I asked Nathan specifically about this and that's where it came back to like, are they actually willing to do the work? Because that's exactly what, um, Nathan said, because I said to him, I was like, did you ever get to the point that you think that I was out evolving you or out going to grow you? Or were you ever worried that I was investing in myself so much and becoming a different person? And he's like, I think I had moments where I was like, didn't really understand what you were doing. But the more that I kind of tapped into myself, it was kind of like, well, you cannot understand what she's doing. You can be resentful to that. Or you can like basically like pick up a book and see if you can learn something in yourself. And honest to God, that's exactly what, like he's now a part of YPO. He wants to hire a one-on-one personal coach. He reads self-development books every weekend. He has his gratitude journal in in his desk. Like he does the little things consistently. And he, I mean, he's hired a, like people on his team and for his business to to change his business culture. Like he's kind of started drinking the Kool-Aid, but it was originally where he kind of tapped in and he's like, Christina, honest to God, if I didn't do something, it would have just been me being really lazy and blaming you. And I thought that was like mind blowing that he took enough, um, like he took that on himself to say like, it actually had nothing to do with you. It was just either I was going to be lazy or I was going to play along. And don't you think that you're modeling? Because I think that's a bigger, powerful thing. It's, it's kind of like religion. I'm never going to convince you to exactly. join my religion unless you see. Like, have you ever met people like, I mean, in personal development, like you just see it. Like you see the change in them. You see the glow. You see the, the love and the happiness. I know for Eric, hands down, that was a big, big part of his last pivot was I was on the train and it's going fast and I, and, and I can see Amy's excitement. I can see Amy's change. I mean, like I was doing all the future self journaling. I wasn't reacting like I used to. So that was when he finally was like, oh my gosh, this stuff works. It doesn't matter what you, it's no different than what you tell your kids. I mean, you know, behaviors are caught, not taught. You can try to teach everyone. You can try to teach your partner and your spouse, but ultimately it's what they catch. What are you doing? I mean, are you, are you saying you want to go into something new and then flipping out over all the other things? Like you're not living in the alignment with that. And Eric was just, it was him seeing me keep my word to myself. And it's like, I think him being honest saying to me, man, if I don't jump on, I mean, you're, you're going at high speeds here. I, I need to make some changes. I want to, because I see how happy you are. Give me some of the drug that you're on. Yes. I think not only do we owe it to ourselves, because I think mother regret is the, the, the most bitter poison, poison that we can ever drink. And it, like, what if, so not only do we owe it to ourselves to go after it. And I, I, for me, it's never, I'm realizing the older I get and the more I accomplish, it's never about the damn thing. It's about the person I'm becoming in the process, which is interesting because I love who I am today so much more than 10 years ago. Like things don't sway me. It's never about the extra dollars. Like I'm actually a freaking better human because of it, right? Because you grow to that. You're, all, you're doing that to yourself, but you're also giving the gift to your spouse and to your children. And then everyone is going to see that. Um, and I think that that's just really, really important. So today, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, you know, you, this, this spoke to you sit down and have a conversation. And I, I'm a big fan of like just ripping off the band-aid. Say all the fears, all the things, all the shopping bags you've been hiding, whatever it is. I think, I mean, I don't know if you two agree, but I'm just like, I would just word vomit all of my fears because I feel like sometimes marriages, people live together and they're married and they have sex and they share money, but they never talk about their utmost secrets and dreams. And like, it's this secret well, like, oh God, I forbid, right? It's like, my biggest fear is this. My biggest dream is this. What do you think? And I think that that, um, for me, is having those conversations, trusting yourself, going for it. Um, and, and really, in the end, it isn't this codependency if you don't follow your dreams because of what's, what your partner feels or their opinion about it. That's in the end, you know, I think you're going to end up regretting 
um, and you're going to end up resenting your husband, partner, and in the end, that's going to end up in a separation. Then you're screwed both ways. You didn't pursue your dreams, and then you lost the partner that could have been a mag magical partner. I actually think majority of marriages could be saved if we were to have those conversations. Agreed. Oh. So good. Go ahead, Amy. No, I'm just saying one. I agree 100%. That was the best advice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my kind of final say. Anything else that you would like to um, offer up to for 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 the people who are really feeling this? Yeah, I'm just super grateful that we're able to have these honest conversations. And you know, I want to just put out there too that like, guess what? It's just three of us. These are our opinions. This is what we believe. It's uh -huh. not written in stone. Like, do you? But if this helps you amazing like we not I don't think the three of us would say that we are you know marriage therapists or any of the things but actually we have actually lived this and this is is working for us and so give it a go let us know your comments we loved our last last episode hearing all of you give us their takeaways let us know what you want us to talk about next this is just us like I know that I am going to be vibrating. I feel better right now. Thank you all. I feel so much better right now than I did when I came on. I'm going to like crush my client day. God knew I needed this call this morning. So I'm so honored to be here. Like I literally am like, oh my God, I'm friends with them. Yay. <laughs> Same. Same. Just, you know, have the, have the hard conversations. Cause like you said, Yasna, you'll on the other side, it will hurt you even more if you don't you know, and, and find a group, like you need to have these girlfriends that you can have these conversations. This is therapy session for me. Like totally. I messaged me yesterday about, it. I'm like, I love this because I already know tomorrow I get like my, my fix. I'm like, Christina, I go on with my day full of gratitude. You want to have friendships that really support your dreams and, you know, want you to push forward. Oh God, that's the missing link we didn't talk about. How dare we? Like, it's the key thing when you are on your own and you don't have the support, you need to find the support of people who have either gone through it or are going through it. So yes, find, find your group. I mean, it's interesting. We didn't discuss this topic beforehand. We never discussed, we just show up. We're like, we're going to talk about like, it. record, go. <laughs> I love that because people are getting an unfiltered, real stuff. But it's interesting how many similarities. Like, I'm actually a little bit surprised. And not, I don't know, it's, it's weird. It's, it ended up just being so beautiful. I'm just so, so excited. But it's, it's really having this, ultimately, ultimately, you have to find someone. You have to find one person who can believe you. The greatest gift you can give to a human being is to believe in them. So whether you receive that from someone else or you give it to someone else, and I believe that Course in Miracles talks about in all religions or spiritualities, is like when you need something, give it of yourself. So if you're really struggling, offer the support to someone else and it comes back always is that energy of the law of attraction and just trust yourself along, along the way. Maybe the topic for next time. Yes. but let us know you guys like this is a podcast that we're just gonna try to do all the topics that you guys all ask us so whatever it is that you want or i'm down for it i know you guys are probably too for sure for sure i love you i'm so excited folks please share um with anyone who actually might find this useful and do let us know what you want us to talk about because as always we will show up honest and raw and just remember as always that you are christina worthy as fuck <laughs> a beautiful day everyone bye well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together. <laughs>